ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 24, the Kobe Bryant edition of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. Now, this is funny. It is August 23rd. So on the 23rd, we are recording episode 24. Kind of crazy how that works out. But if you don't know my voice, if you're new, we might have a lot of new people listening this week, Drew. I am Jordan Lorenz, joined alongside the one and only Drew Skyberg. And Drew, let's not waste any time at all. Our shout out of the week goes to Robert Schimmick and rightfully so here. Uh, I mean, we did an EWC football preview episode, did very well on our channel and he, he helped us out a lot. I mean, he shouted us out on his Instagram, but now was over 800 followers. So congrats to him there. But yeah, I mean, it was a great episode we did. If you have not listened, please check it out everywhere. Absolutely. It's, yeah. A lot of good stuff in there and a lot of stuff that kind of came back to bite you of what you said in week one that didn't actually happen in the EWC. We will round off our podcast this week talking about that and we'll round off the podcast ending season two of trivia. I have a surprise set of trivia for Drew. We will get 250 questions in the first set of trivia. He went 30 of 50 right now. He's at 27 out of 45. So he would need a Four out of five, which I think is certainly doable in this set of trivia to beat out season one. And yeah, that's everything there. So we are on all the socials. Our Instagram has been gaining traction. Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. We were working on getting the biggest guest of all time, but we'll leave it at that for now. I mean, there's really nothing else to add, but we're on Facebook, Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. And guys, I forgot to mention the Instagram. We're going to be posting a little more frequently on there moving forward and every friday for high school football now i will be making my bold predictions of the week and how they go the first week well jordan let's just say they did not go well your bold predictions they're kind of trash they really were that's the point though is i'm making a bold prediction which is like so the way i'm looking at it is if i'm wrong who cares doesn't matter it's a bold prediction right it's supposed to be bold but if i'm right somehow then I look like the smartest man alive because somehow I predicted that. So I got nothing to lose. If you call me dumb and stupid for him, whatever, it's okay. I'll take it. I'll gladly accept it because they're just for fun at the end of the day to get some other content up. Leave your comments as well. If you've got any other bold predictions, we'd love to see them for the week. And the ships blew my mind in week one. Maybe he'll get on the predictions pretty soon next week. We're praying. We got a lot to talk about with him. All right, YouTube, back on track. Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, we are on there as well. Don't forget to subscribe. That Robert Schimmick episode did pretty well on YouTube as well. Listen-wise, on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, easily double anything we've ever seen before. So thank you guys so much for that. And just to put in comparison, last week's episode, episode 23, the Robert Schimmick episode did four times the amount of listens of episode 23 maybe the people didn't like me on solo duty but at the end of the day i think it was a great episode and we are back jordan and drew ready to do some amazing things here this week are you ready for the stats of the week of course i am jordan but first do do we want to talk about you know where we've been because i just you know what we might as well tell the people right let's update them all a little bit so Oh, did two or three weeks ago now? I can't even remember. I was off. Drew and Clay had a bunch of great episodes to cover for us. I was in Nashville, Tennessee. As we mentioned, I got some beautiful things down in Nashville. First day we got there, went to the Country Music Hall of Fame. Absolutely beautiful. Probably one of my favorite parts 
of the whole thing. It was huge and such a nice place to go to. That night, ended up going to a Nashville Sounds game. They were, listen to this, they were up 8 nothing in the first inning. The first two innings took an hour and a half. I mean, this game was long. There were fireworks after. We only stayed through eight innings because we got up at like, I'm not even kidding, we got up at like 2 o'clock to go catch our flight in Milwaukee. We were tired, and the game was taking a long, long time. But I got to see Daniel Vogelbach and Travis Shaw in AAA. I mean, very slim chances that I'd actually get. I expect Keston here, but I will take Travis Shaw, who's now a Red Sox. I'm sure we'll talk about that. And Daniel Vogelbach, who I believe they just optioned back down to AAA. Yeah, well, he's, he has gotten a rehab assignment coming up. Yeah, still. Is that his second one or what? I'm confused. Yeah, he, he had a little delay, like a little re-injured stuff, and now he's back rehabbing. Well, big boy's got some more Nashville trips in him, and hopefully he gets some nice food and stuff. Speaking of the lines for restaurants, these things were insane. We went on Saturday, we went to the huge Opry Mills malls because we were going to the Grand Ole Opry that night. First restaurant we wanted to go to, our 20-minute wait. So we went in the mall. You know, there was a Chili's and a TGI Friday's right next to each other. TGI Friday's had an hour wait. Chili's had a two-hour wait to get into Chili's. So we ended up just eating at, like, the food court, you know. But And even we were trying to get to Hattie B's, which is, like, one of the big chicken places there. Before they were open, the line was massive. So we ate at a little food court. Ended up getting a Margaritaville in Nashville. We ate there when I was just in Florida. So now I have a Margaritaville Orlando and a Margaritaville Nashville hat going on. I mean, and shirts. I get the combo. So you get a shirt and a hat. I don't know what I'm doing with them, but they're just awesome. Add to my hat collection. And basically that's everything. I mean, we went to a lot. We did a lot of things like a bus tour, stuff like that. Super fun trip overall. So hot though. I mean, it was like 90 degrees and up because of the humidity made it feel like 100 that was the only bad thing at night place gets wild it was absolutely beautiful where were you last week sir you were all over the place i I was all over the place jordan covered for me for episode 23 can't thank him enough for that but i was i had a sports themed trip out east um i mean we started at louisville slugger that that was cool got some bats got to hold a christian yelich bat got to swing his bat too watch cody bellinger's bats being made and then from there, we head out to Pittsburgh, and you you talked about it on, on episode 23. I was sitting through a rain delay, and they postponed the game. So so unfortunate. really was, Jordan. And I then had to – we can't make it to any games in Pittsburgh, and that was kind of their their policy. Like, they'll give you our ticket, but for a game only for the rest of the year. So then I got a ticket for a game in October, and I'm going to sell it then, sell it back to try to make, make my, my money back. But – a little frustrating there with a Pittsburgh uh, ticket, the ticket people there. So um, then from there we head out. We head out east. We were actually by Springfield, Massachusetts, and from there the James Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. I saw, and boy oh boy, that was that was a cool Hall of Fame. I actually did a a trivia challenge there on. Um, it, it was on Inside the NBA, the TNT thing. They had a segment there where you had to name three players. And I have not shown you that yet, Jordan, have I? No, you did not. I'll just say I did some trivia there. Three out of three I got. So the guys were impressed. I had to name some NBA players, like what teams they played for. I'll, I'll send the video, maybe. Good, good. I've been waiting. We can have the audio, too. 
here, but we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll play it for trivia next week or something. Who knows? Yeah. And um, then from there, we head out to we, – we went to Canton. So we saw the football Hall of Fame too. So two Hall of Fames for me and uh, the, the football one, Jordan. I was there for five, five and a half hours. You could have been there for seven hours. They got a lot of stuff there, and it's really cool. So, yeah, that That's was – yeah, long that was my, time to be at Hall of Fame. Five that was probably. my trip. It, yeah. it was. It was a long time, Jordan. And yeah, I mean, the Football Hall of Fame, that, that was probably the coolest Hall of Fame out of all three because they just have so much stuff. They're very, it's very interactive. I mean, the Naismith one's cool because they there's a the Hall of Fame court. You can just shoot a basketball around it. Like the old hoops they used to have, like when they used to have the peach bucket they have set up, you can shoot in one of those. The old backboards, it's just, just, it was a cool trip, sports themed, of course, and of course, yeah, some good fun. So I think now it's time for the stats of the week, but I, I can't say the stats. That's your job. No, no, yeah, I have to add on the S. There was also a inside the Bridgestone Arena where the Nashville Predators play. They had a little Nashville Sports Hall of Fame. I mean, it wasn't too much, but it was just a nice little place. It was actually free for the month, sponsored by someone. So that was nice. We went in there. Luke Bryan concert on Friday night we didn't go to. And then there, oh, I forgot to say this. There's a Garth Brooks concert Saturday night at Nissan Stadium where the Titans play. And my goodness, thank the Lord we were inside the Grand Ole Opry, inside, because there was severe storms on Saturday night. Rain like I've never seen before. Huge bolts of lightning. I mean, we were inside, and I was checking Twitter during the intermission of the Opry, and everyone was mad, and eventually they canceled Garth Brooks. They were trying to reschedule it for that Sunday the next day. They couldn't do it, so it just got canceled, canceled. But that would have been so unfortunate if you'd have to stand outside in the rain there. I saw a video because there's like a bridge where you can walk from one side of Nashville downtown, you know, and then you walk over to Nissan Stadium. That bridge was packed with people walking back, and they were singing. would have been awesome, but in the pouring rain, no thank you. So it is time. For the stats of the week, the first one, Drew Skyberg actually sent me here. We'll talk about the Bucks schedule probably first in weekly sports talk. We're not there yet, though. But the Milwaukee Bucks will have 25 of their 82 regular season games on ABC, ESPN, or TNT. It's about 30.5%, and people were saying that's not enough for the defending champs. I think, I mean, I still want to Valley Sports Wisconsin. I still want to hear... I mean, no more Jim Paschke, which is very sad, but we still get Marcus, Marcus Johnson. And um, I just, I, I don't know. I think that's a, that's a sizable amount. And I know it's not going to be, I don't know how many the Lakers have and teams, more. Lakers and Nets. They probably have more. Yeah. So, I mean, in that sense, a little disrespected, but I think the most disrespectful thing on the schedule was the Denver Nuggets not having a Christmas day game after having the reigning MVP. That, that to me is astonishing. Yeah, I saw a lot of people complaining about that as well. I think it's just one of those things where the NBA doesn't think Jokic is a draw and, like, who wants to see the Denver Nuggets? You know, they're obviously going to put your LeBron James, your Curry, your Jason Tatum, your Giannis, all the big boy names up there, and the Nets, too. That's Bucks and Nets. We'll talk about that coming up. But I think 25 out of 82, it's fine. Certainly it could be more for the defending champs, but at the end of the day, like I said, how many people actually are tuning in for the Bucks? And if you're just a casual flipping the channels, you'd much rather watch LeBron James than someone like Giannis, whose name you won't be able to pronounce. And you'll just be like, who's this guy? Because if you hadn't seen anything about the NBA last year, you'll still have no clue. So 
Next up, I believe this one is outdated after a Brian Anderson loss, but as of, I want to say Thursday or Friday, the Brewers had a six-man rotation and didn't have a losing record with any of them. So it was up in the air a little bit because there was like some bullpen games and some bullpen appearances from some of these people, but the records for these guys, and like I said, Brian Anderson lost, so this he should be 9-10 and 10 now, which would mean we do have a losing record with him. He sucks, by the way. But, so, it says, Eric Lauer starts, they're 6-6. Six and six. They're 13-6, and six and Hauser starts. Peralta is 16-6. and six. Anderson would now be 9-10. and 10. Burns, 13-8. Woodruff, 14-9. So, like I said, a little yeah. outdated with some of those, but still, that's crazy. Like, they're 14-9 and nine in Woodruff starts, but they still don't get them run support. I mean, we're doing well with our starting pitching. Yeah, we truly are. And like you said, I mean, Brett Anderson's kind of like the outlier here right now. I'm. Oh, yeah, he, I was calling him Brian Anderson. Why was I doing that? Yeah, you've, you're play-by-play, play, man. So That's you know, my boy, yeah. Yeah, but um, I think Anderson, he he's put together some of his starts. I was actually at his best start of the year. June 15th, he had a nine-strikeout game against the Reds, which... I find astonishing for how he's been, but was he's a ground ball a pitcher. Header? No, it, it was just a nine inning game. Okay, but he, um, he, I mean, he's a ground ball pitcher, and when he's not getting ground balls, I mean, he he's getting he gets exploited, and that's what we've seen recently. So, not not yeah, good from Anderson. No, not really at all. I'm not a fan of him or Lauer. Hauser's okay. But those three, you never know what you're going to get from them. I remember I thought Anderson had like a good game in a. Double header sometime. I don't know. I might be wrong, but whatever. Next at, here we go. On to some football or baseball first and then football. On Thursday, the Cardinals won a game. This is against the Brewers, by the way. After trailing by three or more runs for the first time since May 3rd. So it's been a while since they've done that. This next part is crazy. This snapped a 37 game losing streak when trailing by three or more runs, the largest streak in a season since 1913. So we're going back over 100 years there. And finally, Cam Newton. So in this preseason game, he completed three passes of at least 10 air yards. That was the second series of their second preseason game. Last time he did that was twice in 2020. He only did it twice last year of three passes of more than 10 air yards. Both of those came against Seattle in week two. Cam Newton had such a bad year last year. For the Patriots, is he on your radar to draft in fantasy this year? Why would he be, Jordan? I think, I mean, even as a di- as a dynasty option. However, I think we'd look at Mac Jones. I think we look at his his replacement because I mean, Jones has been very very good this preseason, and yeah, he's showing the deep ball off too. I agree. Mac Jones has been doing well in my dynasty league. I had Dak Prescott last year, who went down, and I was like, oh no, and I really didn't have a good second quarterback. It's like a 10 or 12 team league. I'm not exactly too sure, but I didn't really have a good second quarterback. So for a while I had Cam Newton and I was riding him. It was not the best to say the least, but speaking of our fantasy football draft happened last night. So we're recording Sunday morning. So that is tonight, less than 12 hours away from the big draft. Are you ready, sir? I'm excited. We got a 16 team PPR league standard format. Uh, we got two divisions, the Skyberg and Lorenz division, and these schedules, I mean, it, it's going to be a fun season. And what is it, week eight rivalry week, me and you? I think so. 
Uh, I don't you play wait. Devin right away? I do. I play Devin week one. He texted me about that right away, and I was like, let's do it. I mean, I have never had a fantasy draft with 16 teams. I don't know how many people are going to be able – I don't know how many people made it. I don't know how long it took, but I'm expecting a long Sunday night and a big boy draft, and I can't wait. This thing is going to be awesome. Winner does get a prize, like we said, so – Let's do it. I can't wait for fantasy this year. We'll be talking about it on here. We have a lot of stuff coming up to talk about with high school sports, with Packers, Brewers postseason will be coming up soon. There's going to be a lot of good things to mention. So let's move to on this day. We'll rapid fire some of them here. Kind of a big week. And I, I got to ask you about this one right away. On this day in 1883, the Philadelphia Quakers make 27 errors against the Providence Grays and they lose 28 to zero wild pitches of walks and past balls counted as errors in the MLB prior to 1888. I don't understand why they were counting walks as errors. Yeah, that's a little questionable to me. And I'm assuming that's why there's end up being 27 errors. Maybe they couldn't locate the strike zone, maybe a lot yeah. of wild pitches and stuff like that, but that's, I'm glad at 1888, they changed it because that's just a part of the game. You know, I think like errors, I mean, you could say those are, I mean, those are like actual like airs, like, but I don't think like a walk or a, a no. wild pitch. I think those are its own separate stat. And I'm glad that the MLB recognized that. Yeah. It's like, I was just thinking of comparisons in pitching right now, you either get a walk, you get a strikeout or you get a hit. Right. So this would be like, if Aaron Rodgers has an incomplete pass, I'd be like counting against him as an error instead of just being incomplete. They'd be like punishing him basically. So I don't know why you would punish someone for walking, but whatever, that's the big change. Thankfully they did that back in 1888 on this day in 1933, we had the first ever televised boxing match, a six round exhibition in London. And it was aired by BBC TV. So not even in America, on this day in 1946, the 13th NFL Chicago All-Star Game, a little weird here, the All-Stars beat Los Angeles 16-0 to in front of 97,380 people. So that is absolutely electric. This next one is fun. On this day in 1947, the first baseball Little League World Series in Williamsport, of course, Maryland. Okay, they have nicknames, by the way. Maryland, or not Maryland, the Maynard Midgets beat the Lockhaven All-Stars 16-7. to I don't know why they're having nicknames here. And I mean, Midgets in 1947, sure, that's acceptable. I'm sure people with the internet nowadays would be a little upset there was a baseball team called that. But they beat the Lockhaven All-Stars. I don't even know where Lockhaven is, but Little League World Series. I talked about it last week. Ton of fun to watch. You were watching it Saturday night. Yeah, I was. I watched... Um... I watched Louisiana play Pennsylvania and Louisiana got the dub and it just, it's always tough to see at the end of the game because this game was like, was it going on like eight 30 at night I was watching, but um, it was just sad to see, you know, the coach has to give their, their post game talk and just like after a defeat crushing the loss, cause it was an elimination game I watched too. So, I mean, it's always great to see the coach like say like, Hey, I'm proud of you boys. And he really just, I don't know. It was a great speech last night and, just a good good night of Little League Baseball. Those mic'd up sessions are the best when they have the coach come out, and especially to like pitching-wise when there's a guy on the mound. I'm so glad they mic them out because they'll come out and they'll just say so many beautiful things to their kid. Most of the time, if it's a pitcher having a bad day, they're already crying on the mound. The coach is telling them, good job, whatever, you know, we made it this far, blah, 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 blah. 
Love me some Little League. On this day in 1953, Phil Great, I don't know if it's Great or Grati, set a record for throwing a baseball 443 feet. Who is throwing? Did you see JBJ's throw on Twitter the other day? Dude was wild. That's basically what this is. Yeah, I mean, I'm JBJ can throw the ball farther than he can hit the ball, which is something yeah, not a lot of true. guys could say. So, but Phil Great, I mean, that's nuts too. Four and forty-three feet. That beats him out because I think JBJ's was like what was it, like four ten probably. Yeah, probably four ten, four fifteen, somewhere around there. Because he went from not really home; he was kind of cornered a little bit, but to center field. I mean, he dropped it behind where you hit a home run. So, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. I could never. On this day in 1964, the St. Louis Cardinals are 11 games back in the NL. They end up winning the World Series. So the saying, it's not over until it's over. That's very true there. St. Louis Cardinals did phenomenal. On this day in 1968, the Yankees and Tigers play a 3-3 tie in 19 innings due to a 1 a.m. curfew. So kind of interesting there. They had to stop because of curfew. Then this next one. On this day in 1989, the LA Dodgers beat the Montreal Expos 1-0 in 22 innings. Pitchers duel going this long? No, thank you. Yeah, 22 innings of one of with only one run scored. I this game couldn't have actually lasted that long though. If it was a pitchers duel like this, I, I don't know. I, I I like a good pitchers duel for nine innings, not 22 innings. That's two over two games worth. Yeah, certainly not 22. If it's an 11 inning game, still at 0-0. I'm like, uh, I don't really know about this, but Drew, it's your turn. Your time to shine. Welcome back to the podcast. Summer League recap for the Milwaukee Bucks. I didn't watch a second of Summer League. I apologize. I also had no clue there is a Summer League championship game. Do they do like a tournament or what? Yeah, the top teams, they end up playing like there's like a playoffs. The Sacramento Kings won it this year and... They have a championship game, and ESPN televises all this stuff because, I mean, someone's got to televise it. But I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I don't care about the records in summer league. I don't care about the score. I don't care about that. I care about player development, and that's really what it's about here. So that's Same really what I'm going to be. Packers preseason, which yeah, we'll be talking about. We care about player development, so I'm not going to be talking about scores at all. I don't care about the scores. I'm not going to be talking about scores in the Packers preseason. We'll probably ma- briefly mention it, but, like, yeah, something like, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna mention the record or whatever. I'm gonna just talk about players who did well, and I mean, we saw some good things out of a few guys who we need to see some good things out of. So that was good to see there. And I'm gonna get started right away here. So we got to talk about two guys who I mean, who were like who need to be leaders more, and they were in the summer league. We saw Mati Diakite and Jordan Nora. We saw these guys. I mean, they were on the team last year and. They really were asked to step up in summer league and be the leaders of this roster. And boy, oh boy, they were. I mean, Jordan Wara, he had his first summer league game. He had 30 points, eight rebounds, six assists, and he played really well. And I mean, they were they were talking about that now. I mean, these guys are going to be more experienced on the roster. Nora's not a rookie anymore. So they're asking for a bigger role out of them. I don't know about in the regular season, maybe in practice, a bigger leadership role because these guys. There's a lot of guys that were signed. George Hill, they got Grayson Allen, they got Rodney Hood, they got these, and they got Portis returning. And just these guys, there are a lot of guys ahead of them. We're not going to see them a lot, obviously, in playoff time, but they're going to be asked for bigger leadership role. And I, I don't know, Jordan, 
what do you think about those guys, Nora Diakite from last yeah, year? I was, I was going to ask where they even fit in this year with all the new acquisitions and stuff. I mean, surely it's going to be those games where they're resting some of the big players. Playoffs, we really won't be seeing any of them, like you said, a whole lot. But I don't know. Good to hear them doing well in the summer league. Hopefully that can continue into the regular season where I'm sure they'll get some minutes. But with some of these new signings, like you mentioned, I don't know where they fit in. Certainly they'll still be with the team, but it's just a matter of playing. I'm sure they won't be getting as many minutes as they expected heading into the offseason. Correct. And then just moving on. I mean, D- well, well, first about Diakite Nora. Diakite needs to find a way to be a more versatile player. I mean, he's right now he's a sque- screen and roller. I mean, he'll get the ball off a screen, could lay it, on, lay it in, maybe dunk it. But he's undersized for a center. I believe he's 6'9", 6'10". So yeah, that that's an issue there. And then with Nora, I mean, we just need – he proved he could be a shooter last year, but we aim to prove he could be a better passer, better defender. And just I don't know a better, a better finisher inside as well. So that this gives them a perfect time to work on those skills. And then the two guys the Bucks drafted also we got to mention too, Yorgios Kalizakis and uh, Sandro Mamukelishvili. Those two guys, yeah, I know. They can just pick guys with normal names, seriously. But um, Mamukelishvili, I mean, he he shined in the passing game, which we knew he was a great passer. We know he's a great shooter, so. He played pretty well, but the one issue with him is defense. He's he doesn't hasn't been a great defender in college. I mean, that's something that's gonna need to work on. It was rough in summer league as well. And with Mamu Kelshvili and Kali Zakis, I think these guys um they're gonna be I think they're they're gonna be on a two way two way contract, maybe, or just like so primarily in the G League. And Right now, what I'm hearing is Kali Dacus, uh, he received a full-fledged NBA contract, like roster spot, so he might just be on the roster, which he was drafted ahead of um, ahead of Mamu Kalashvili, but it sounds like right now Mamu Kalashvili might be the guy who's on the G League to start the year. He might not have the two-way deal yet, but we could, we'll could we probably see those guys maybe both have two-way deals um, throughout the season, but that's just a little highlight right now in Buck Summer League, so... Yeah, I mean, that's all I got. Kalidakis, Mabukelshvili, uh, Diakite, and then to round Nora. it out. Who, yeah, Nora. That's who the other guy was. So, yeah, that, that's the Summer League recap. Not a lot about scores, but a lot about player development. Is Nora kind of like the Bryn Forbes now? Is he kind of taking that role a little bit, just with less playing time? Basically, yeah. I, I guess if you look at it like that, I think he's a better. he has better upside than Forbes, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll have to see how consistent he is. So let's talk about the regular season coming up. They announced the schedule for the 2021-2022 season. I got it open. Some big things coming up. Obviously, the big one, opening night, NBA, the ring ceremony, the raising of the banner. It'll be at the Pfizer Forum October 19th, 6.30 p.m. against the Brooklyn Nets. So that is a big-time game. I think the Nets get the win right away in opening night, though. Jordan. Win or lose, who cares? They're they're raising the banner in front of the Nets. That's the greatest part to me. Very true. It's pretty awesome. And it was a non-healthy Nets team, to say the least. They'll be a little salty about that. But hopefully the Bucks just cream them. Opening night, win by like 30 or something. That would make, that would just be so awesome. So Bucks have a game on Christmas Day this year. This is actually awesome. So the Packers are playing the Browns on Christmas. Browns are like my second favorite team, merely because of Baker Mayfield. And now the Bucs are playing the Celtics on Christmas Day. So 
these Wisconsin sports gods just gifting me two of my favorite teams playing against the local hometown teams. That game at 1.30 on Christmas. So that'll be one to watch. Let's just look at some of the other highlights in the schedule. They play the Suns. NBA Finals rematch. We're going to wait until February 10th, though, for that game. And then March 6th at the Pfizer Forum. Maybe I'll take my mom there for her birthday. Bucks and Suns. Big old rematch there. 2.30 game on ABC. They play on New Year's Day against the Pelicans at 5 o'clock. So Zion Williamson versus Giannis there. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. TNT against the Hawks. That game in Atlanta. So the Trey Young rematch happening right there. Then another visit from the Nets to the Pfizer Forum on Saturday, February 26th. That'll be an ABC game, 7.30 at night on there. This is a big one. November 17th, a week after my birthday, the Lakers come to town. LeBron James will be in the Pfizer Forum, 6.30 p.m. on ESPN, November 17th. Mark your calendar for that, along with this one. Golden State Warriors, January 13th at 6.30. So a lot of 6.30 games I'm noticing, but that'll be happening there as well. And they say that there are 18 weekend home games at the Pfizer Forum. They're counting Friday. Friday? They're counting Friday with that as well. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, there are 18 games at the Pfizer Forum which is huge. And then they've got 14 back-to-back games this year. So I don't know if that's more than usual. Sounds like kind of a lot, but overall, the schedule has been released. Some certainly some big games on here. Anything standing out to you right away? Well, I'm glad they're back to 82 games instead of the 72-game season, which is nice to see. Absolutely. I mean, I'll be down in Milwaukee. I, I actually moved down Saturday for school, so... I'll be down there. I'll make it to some Bucks games, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it, Jordan. Just get the cheap seats, you know, in the nosebleeds if you can. There's that those nosebleeds are steep at the Pfizer Forum. Like the higher you go up, the steeper they get. Kind of scary, but nothing wrong with some cheap Bucks tickets. Just being there is really all that matters. So, anything yeah. else, or are we just going to talk about 2K, which has met with a lot of backlash? Yeah, I, I guess we can go to that. But the, with the Bucks, quick thing. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned nosebleed seats. That sounds like that's going to be what I'm doing, Jordan. Maybe maybe you come down. Maybe we have a little podcast section for a game. Beautiful. Five podcast at the game. People would love us. Yeah. Nothing yeah. wrong with nosebleeds if you want to save money. And you're a broke college kid now, so you're going to be on a budget. So that'll have to do. Let's go to NBA 2K22. I saw a graphic for Giannis Middleton and Drew Holiday. People were not happy with their ratings. So I figured we'd just look at some of the main ones real quick. There's a four-way tie for people with 96 overall rating, which don't they usually have people that are like 99? No, they stopped doing that for for um, 2K a while ago. Now, oh, like, okay. only Madden does the 99 club and baseball. Yeah. Like, I'll be the show does that, but yeah. Yeah, so NBA doesn't, I guess. I haven't played a 2K game in a few years, actually. But LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Giannis are all 96. What are your thoughts on these four being 96s? I'm cool with it. A lot of people were like, oh, Kevin Durant's better than Giannis. They shouldn't be the same. And like a lot of a lot of whining from Lakers and Nets fans, really. Not not as much from Bucks fans or you know, it's been a lot of that about a lot of like and Curry fans, oh, he should be higher than Giannis. Curry didn't really even do a whole lot last year, did he? 
uh, in the second half, I, he made a run for MVP, but yeah, he picked I, I guess, up, but it took I, a he, while. he's deserving of his rating. Just, I, I think, I think they got those. I mean, I'm cool with those and I need all 96s. Oh yeah. I feel like at this point, LeBron Curry, even Katie as well, they're all going to be locked up in that 95 to higher range at this point. No, really, no real reason to bring them down. So sitting at 95 is the MVP, Nicole Jokic, Kawhi Leonard and Joel Embiid are all 95s at 94s, Luka Doncic and Damian Lillard. So any thoughts on those guys? I don't mind that either, Jordan. So far, like these ratings don't bother me one bit. All right. And well, they might start getting down now that we get to some of these other players. I'm going to go bottom up. LaMelo Ball is at 84. Does he deserve that? I guess that's about right. You could go maybe yeah. one lower. Yeah, I know. I don't... I'm sure there's people arguing that he should be higher than that, but I don't know. I thought maybe like an 82, but I'm, 84. Well, the one thing with that, Jordan, did you see the rookie classes? Like what they're rated? Kate Cunningham, not. without playing a minute in the NBA, is at 80 overall already. So that's Whoa. where I have issues there because these guys haven't proved themselves. They're higher than they're higher than some NBA guys who have proved themselves as role players or as like. I don't know. That's just that's where I disagree with 2K. The rookie. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. And now there's some other ones. Let's talk about the Bucks real quick. I'll kind of divert a little bit. Drew Holiday's 85, which people are saying is too low. Uh, 86, 87, maybe. But I, yeah. I guess 85's not the worst. That's the thing. It's not like they gave him like an 82. I mean, I think he's around in that range. You can't be compla- complaining about one or two overall difference. Then Chris Middleton is at 88, which I think is perfectly fine. Yeah, I think Middleton 88. I, I like Chris Middleton a lot. I, I would say 89, 90, not 90. 90 would be a stretch for me, but I think yeah. high 80s is a perfect spot for him there. So, so far, these ratings don't bother me that much at all. Yeah, I don't really have too much of a problem with them. Jason Tatum is at 90. So, like, there goes your argument for Middleton. If Tatum's a 90, there's no way Middleton should be getting 90, but... Tatum, I'm fine with at a 90. Zion is at 89, which is, you know, it's fine, right? And then Trey Young is also at 89. I know some people weren't a big fan of that one either. Uh, Tatum had, okay. I, I, I like that Tatum's ahead of Middleton and Tatum's ahead of uh, guys like like that. Um, I think I think maybe Middleton 89 at most, but I think he compares very well with the guys who he's around. So that's not bad at all to me. Yeah, no, I'm fine with most of these. It's just right away I saw the Bucks graphic and people were not happy at all, especially they were saying Holiday got snubbed and stuff like that. Now I'm like, I mean, if he's at 85 or 87, really what difference does it make? But people were hot about it. So that's all we got for there. Anything else Bucks-wise or we move into the other Milwaukee team? Let's get to the other Milwaukee team that we love. We love, and we. I was going to say we love to hate them because they suck, but they really don't this year. They've been doing... Phenomenal, and the streak continues of winning series, doing very well. Let's start in the farm system, why don't we? I know you got some notes about that. And our beautiful Nashville Sounds, Biloxi Shuckers, Carolina Mudcats, I think, Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Yeah, you got them all. The Helena Brewers of Montana. So yes. if you want to go that far. But I, uh, the Brewers, I, I want to highlight their – they're minorly pitching right now because, I mean, we got elite pitching in the big leagues, but we got some elite pitching – in the minor leagues too right now, and that's really exciting as a Brewer fan. Aaron Ashby's the first one. We saw him pitching two doubleheaders. He pitched well. He's got some good stuff, Um, and he's also in the Brewers' top 30 prospect list, and 
I like his his slider is graded a 65 on the 2080 scale for prospects, which that's how they kind of they grade talent. And his fastball touches mid 90s at like 95, 96, and he's got a really nice changeup and curve, and he's got some good strikeout stuff. I mean, in Nashville, 62 and a third innings, 98 strikeouts. So. Jordan, did you see him pitch in Nashville? I did not. I don't even remember who I saw pitch. It wasn't anyone a big name. I'll look it up as you continue. Awesome. And then my second guy, uh, the Brewers' first round pick in 2019, it was Ethan Small. And at the time, I'll be honest, I wasn't the biggest fan of this pick because he, he came, it was coming off Tommy John surgery. His velocity, his fastball average is around 92. And in today's day and age, that's not really ideal. You want a guy maybe mid-90s. But the one thing Ethan Small is really good at, he's missing barrel. He misses barrels. He he, he still gets strikeouts, too, with a low velocity. Like, I mean, 92 is still – it's pretty good, but that's around average. Yeah. Maybe even below average. And um, he's got 1.96 ERA. And, yeah, like I said, 67 strikeouts, 41 to third. Holds hitters to a 184 clip. Uh, for an average and I mean his delivery is kind of it's a little wonky so I mean it really I, I describe it as kind of like haters delivery so it's very deceptive and it's got a really good changeup. so I'm thinking we'll see him maybe at the end of the year this year probably not but next year for sure we'll, we'll see Ethan Small in the big leagues did you see did you get the guy who you watched pitch yet Jordan I did I, and I'll read you the whole lineup for Nashville so Alec Bettinger was the pitcher he was Ooh. one in one win, three loss, 3.21 ERA at the time. So, I mean, certainly not the best. They were playing Brad Peacock, who was 0-1 with a 9 ERA. So, I mean, that's not good at all. But here's the lineup I got to see. Corey Ray batted leadoff, Daniel Vogelbach, Dustin Peterson, Travis Shaw, Weston Wilson, Troy Stokes Jr., Luke Maley, Christian Kelly, and Daniel Robertson. So, certainly some big names in there. Yeah, that's a pretty good AAA lineup. And both the pitchers you mentioned both have big league experience in Benninger and Peacock. Yep. So not not a bad game at all to see. But I got one more guy, Jordan, for you. Antoine Kelly of the High A Carolina Mudcats, another lefty. He's also on the top 30 list. 6'6". Six, six. He's 21 years old. But yeah, 6'6 six, six, six for height. Very, very tall. And he's a strikeout guy as well. 41 strikeouts and th- 28 and two-thirds. So he he's another guy who's pretty promising but one scare for him is he went through surgery for thoracic outlet syndrome and that's what Matt Harvey had and I I know well we know how Matt Harvey's been now I mean he went from the guy he was on the Mets to what he is now on the Orioles and Angels he he's horrendous so that's one concern for me but after rehab throughout it he's he's still been good I mean he's still at he's at a little a little above 12k per nine in his, his five appearances so far so that's promising for that. And I think these pitching guys, I think these guys, like I said, we'll see for sure small and we'll see um, Ashby in the rotation. I think next, maybe not in the rotation next year, but we'll see them pitch next year. But Antoine Kelly, I think he's kind of a project. We'll, we'll probably see him 2023. He'll be ready by, but I got, then I, I wanted to also talk about one more thing here. Jim Callis, he released the top 100 prospects. They updated the list and Jordan, guess how many guys the Brewers got on it. Top 100. Uh, I'll go six. Two. They have. Really? Wow. Yep. So I'll read you the two guys at 56 and 96. So we had Garrett Mitchell at 56. The 2020 yeah, I figured pick, he would be on there. He, he's an absolute stud. He's in double A right now. We'll see him next year. 
And yeah, we kind of forgot time. to been talking about him. He's been moving up the ranks very, very fast. Yeah, he's been such a great pick for the Brewers so far. Dave in Stearns, we trust, and Matt Arnold, of course. And one more guy we got at 96, Sal Freelick. So the guy they drafted this year at the first in the first round, he's an able already. And yeah, I mean, he's already on the top of the hard prospect list. So that's pretty cool to see there. And only having two for the Brewers is not the best, but you got to look at the talent they got in the big leagues, some young talent there. And they've had a lot of guys graduate uh, from this top 100 list. So not bad at all there. And that's that's kind of the, the down on the farm report by Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. Beautiful. I mean, it's always good to look at the farm. I Originally, we started, I was giving records for the teams every week. And I'm like, that's not necessary. No one cares what record you are in the minor leagues, especially the Booyah. I, I should look up their exact record. But we were talking last night about how you watched a documentary and stuff. And I was like, the Booyah did not do well at all this year. They didn't make the playoffs as expected. They had some guys who made the all-star team. But this team finished, as I pull it off right here, 25 and 47 for 2021. So really not the best for the Booyah, but that's okay. We love our Booyah. I will still be going to Booyah games. Great team to watch. And that's everything. I think two, like you said, in the top 100, not really good at all, especially with one being 96. I mean, that's low, low. We got one middle of the road and then way down there. But let's talk about the week for the Brewers. I don't have a whole lot to say for this week with the Cardinals and National Series. We don't know who won predictions challenge yet. It comes down to yesterday. A Brewers loss means I win. A Brewers win means Drew wins. If I win, I will be up 11 to 7. So I would be gaining my lead back once again. But if I lose, it's 10-8, which would be very, very close. So this Cardinal series is one that the Brewers ended up winning. They beat them 2-0 right away. Then they beat them 6-4. Then an 8-4 loss. Whatever. They lose the third game of the series. They already had it won. Then they lose 4-1 to the Nationals right away, which wasn't the best. Then a 9-6 win. Saturday game was crazy. That Colton Long tag. And then the Christian Yelich Grand Slam. Beautiful game on Saturday. Yeah, that was one of my favorite games to watch. It was like four and a half hours, though, Jordan. And it was that long? It was a long game. I watched all Ooh. of it. And, um, boy, it was a great game. Christian Yelich, six RBIs, two home runs. And he's been really turning around, Jordan. But, um. I guess I'll talk about him right now. Christian Yelich. I actually have his stat cast stuff up right now. And I've been looking through it because like, we wonder what's wrong with Christian Yelich. I mean, he's hitting the ball hard. He's getting good exit velocity on it. Like his, his hard hit percentage, Jordan, 88 percentile. So like that's, he's significantly above average in that. Yeah. His chase rates, very, very um good. 97 percentile. His walk rates, 99 percentile. And just his issue right now. I mean, his, his hard hit, like, Expected batting average is low. His K percentage, he's striking out a lot, both both below average. But Christian Yelich, I think we're going to see a turnaround in this last month or month or two of or so of the year. So can't wait for that. And I don't know. Do you want to talk about the newest owner of the Milwaukee Brewers? Might as well, right? I was just going to say Yelich kind of usually always turns it around around the September time. So hopefully he stays on that trend. Speaking of Yelich, he FaceTimed the newest owner. Giannis Antetokounmpo has bought his way into the Milwaukee Brewers. Kind of random, but it makes sense. Aaron Rodgers does it with the Bucs as well. Yeah, and I think it's a great thing for a um, a su- superstar like Giannis to, do, to give back to the community. It's kind of it shows his loyalty and shows his commitment to the community of Milwaukee. And 
we saw Mahomes do it as well at the Royals, and this isn't this isn't the first time it's happened, and it's the first time uh, an investor has joined the Brewers ownership group in the 17 years Mark Anasio has owned the team. So that's cool to see. They held a press conference, watched all of it. Giannis seemed really excited. Anasio seemed very like he was excited as well to have him join the team as an owner. It was great to see him put a jersey on because. I mean, Giannis put a baseball jersey on. He doesn't really know a lot about baseball, but... No, I was going to say that. I'm like, how big of a baseball fan is Giannis, actually? Yeah, there's a clip of him swinging a bat, and it's not pretty, but it's funny stuff. And they actually had this finalized in May, but they didn't want to release anything until the finals were over, so they waited a little bit. But they, they've been excited. They've known about this since early May, late May maybe, but at 26, Giannis is an owner of the Milwaukee Brewers, and... Just as a Milwaukee sports fan, it makes me super happy to see that. Absolutely. And we talked about Giannis giving back to the community. There is clips going around of him at the state fair. I mean, he had a bunch of security and stuff with him. But this guy loves the state. He does everything he can. He does a lot. I mean, you can't say he just hides in his room and does absolutely nothing. This guy is doing a lot in the community. Anything else for the week of the Brewers you wanted to talk about? No, we talked about I, Avi Garcia's been hot. Maybe I want to point yes. that out. He's been hitting the ball hard. He's been making some great contact with the ball. JBJ's still been bad. Uh, Colton Wong's been great, of course. He always plays well against St. Louis. Yelts were seen come back a little bit. And Willie Adamas has been Willie Adamas. So offense looking good. Woodruff, bad start on, was that Wednesday? Or it was on Thursday, actually. Thursday, I believe, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that was not good to see, but that's kind of back to back bad starts, isn't it? Yeah. I had, that, mm-hmm. had that one game where he only went three innings. That was the so, Cubs. Yes, it was the Cubs. So yeah. That, that's a little concerning. I'm not worried about Brandon Woodruff. He's my favorite, favorite player on the Brewers. Don't know if you knew that, but no, I, I'm confident actually. in my boy Woodruff. He's, he's got it. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's just two bad starts in a row for him against divisional teams who've seen him plenty of times before. So hopefully everything turns around and ends up being okay. Let's talk about the week ahead. We got to predict coming up August 24th, 25th, and 26th. So that is a Monday off day once again. Three-game series against the Reds, and then it's a big one, 27th, 28th, 29th, against the Twins. And the Twins was our opening day series, right? We played them right away to start the season. Yep. And now we're playing them once again. They're now 54 and 70. So it's not like they're this great team like we thought. And the Reds, 68 and 57. So six games this week. What are we thinking here? I get to go first. I will let you go first. Last yes. week you text you texted me at first, and now you're back. It's your podcast this week. It's all you. Four and two. I'm gonna go the easy four and two. Two out of three Reds, two out of three twins. Maybe we see him sweep the twins too, but that's my pr- prediction there. Yeah, now you leave me in the tough position again of what do I do? I don't know if they, I don't think they sweep twins, but it's a possibility. The games are at Minnesota this time around. And six games, they certainly will drop one to the Reds and whatever, five and one. I'll do it. There's no point not to at this point. This Brewers team has been picking up as long as our pitching does well. I don't really see why we have to do poorly. So five and one, I'll go big bold this week and hopefully it ends up paying off. I could take a commanding lead in the predictions challenge if all went well yesterday and next week goes well. I mean, I would be up 12 to seven, which would be huge against you. So we'll see what happens there. But 
that's basically everything. We got two more things we want to talk about yet, guys. This is a big episode. Real quick, Packers preseason. You didn't mention scores in NBA Summer League, but I'll mention preseason scores just so I can tell people that they don't matter at all. They lost to the Texans, one of the worst teams in football, 26 to 7. And then they lost to the Jets, 23 to 14. They were beating the Jets in the first half, and then they end up losing. But I'm not concerned at all. People were happy about Jordan Love in the first half of the Texans game. 12 of 17, 122 yards with the touchdown, 117 quarterback rating. And then people were loving Devin Funches as well. Six receptions, 470 yards in that Texans game. And then if we go to the Jets game, we see that Jordan Love was out. I mean, he's been having some shoulder problems, which is not the best look. But Kurt Banker, 18 of 25, 151 yards with a touchdown in there. Devin Funches did not do anything in this second game, but it's just all about getting some other players out there. Malik Taylor, four receptions for 66 yards. Only other guy with four receptions, Amari Rogers, four receptions, 31 yards. Patrick Taylor and Dexter Williams and Kylan Hill did the most for running. Taylor, eight attempts, 48 yards, which was pretty good. Dexter Williams, eight attempts, 22 yards. And then Kylan Hill, seven attempts for 29 yards. A.J. Dillon played a little bit. He had two receptions and four rushing attempts, 28 yards rushing. But it's preseason. I really don't care. A lot of these guys we won't be seeing do a whole lot with the team. I mean, obviously, besides your guys like A.J. Dillon, Malik Taylor, Amari Rogers, they do a little bit here and there. But preseason Packers, 0-2 start. I have no concerns whatsoever. Nope, I could care less about the score. But like I said, player development is what I care about. And I'm going to talk about some guys who did bad, who some guys who did well. And I just want to first start with the guys who, who kind of played bad. And J.K. Scott's the first one who comes to my mind. Yeah, yeah I was so high on this guy at one point as a kicker or a punter, I should say. And now he's just plateaued. Did you hear about his punt yesterday? I, I didn't actually. 21 yards with a full field to work with. So that is not good at all. Um, he's been kind of inconsistent. And um, the the one thing that sucks for the Packers, they just cut their other punter they had at camp. Yep. So they kind of are in a tough spot with uh, J.K. Scott there. And I don't know what they're going to do with him there, but not good at all. Kamal Martin, who is an inside linebacker, he um, he kind of is one that was at fault for that 73-yard kick return for the Jets that they had on Saturday. and. Yeah, um, not looking good. The special teams did not look good at all. So that's that's special also teams another... is a big problem for this team. Not like yeah. special teams kicking wise for like Mason Crosby, but the other route and not good. Yeah, it's never been good. They, it's been that it was an issue last year even too. So now that's gonna be tough. Um, and then um, let's go to some risers. We like risers. Oh, um, of course, Kurt Benkert. So the guy who played quarterback on Saturday. I mean, 18 for 25, 151 yards, a touchdown interception, not bad at all. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to be, a, I think, a decent third third string quarterback there. Well, I mean, Jordan Love's obviously going to be the backup to Rodgers, but that was good to see there. Royce Newman at right guard, he played pretty well. He was actually a guy that Packers drafted. And, I mean, he, he might start this year. There, there's a chance we could see him start um, week one against the, the Saints. But, yeah, he played very well. And final guy, you mentioned him already, Malik Taylor. So the battle for the sixth spot at wide receiver on the roster. Right. This is fun to watch. Yeah, I think. I mean, Devin Funches, he injured his hamstring 
in one of the practices against the Jets. Uh, so he didn't play Saturday. He didn't play Saturday against the Jets. And Yeah, preseason injuries scare me. Jordan Love, Funches, that's not good. Yeah, and a little concerning there, but Malik Taylor really played well on Saturday, and I think I think he might be the sixth the sixth receiver on this uh, roster here, this 53-man roster. So we'll have to wait and see, though. But good for Malik Taylor. So that, those are the kind of risers and fallers I got. But anything else you got on the Packers? I was just going to say, not for the Packers, but Zach Wilson, the guy they played against the Jets. Whew. I have him on my Dynasty League. I put him on my taxi squad because why not, right? I mean, this is a guy of the future. 9 of 11, 128 yards, two touchdowns. I think Zach Wilson was a perfect pick for this Jets team, and I think he's going to do well in this upcoming season. Any comments on him at all? Well, you said he's going to be the perfect pick for you, but... There you go. Um, yeah, I, I, he played very well Saturday, and he's a baller, so we'll see where he gets drafted in my Dynasty League, which drafts Tuesday, so That's can't big. wait for that. But and yeah. For- I mean, fantasy football, I'm now in three leagues this year, which is way too many, but I'm doing it for the podcast, guys. The pod league, 16 teams. We are going to have so much fun in this. And my other dynasty league, I pay attention to it, but I had so many injuries and terrible things happen last year. I kind of fell out of love. I think I finished like eighth or something. It wasn't even close, but Packers jerseys, they're new jerseys. Some people loved them. I think they're kind of basic. I mean, they're fine. They're green jerseys, green pants. This is like the colors of the week. They're green jerseys, green pants, yellow numbers and lettering. No highlights at all. It's just straight yellow. They're Nike as well. They got a few stripes on the shoulders. I think with the yellow gloves and yellow helmet, it looks pretty good, but they're just kind of basic. I don't know. Yeah, basic can be good, though. So I I'm, I mix them on them, too. I, I, think, I think they're pretty good jerseys, not going to lie. Not bad I think at they're all. fine. I, was, I guess I was a little underwhelmed because they were just so basic, but... I don't know what I expected. Like they're not going to, I mean, if they would have done like a green and yellow tie dye or something and would have went way out there would have been awesome. Something very different, but they didn't. And we shouldn't have expected them to either. So that's all we got for Packers staying on the world of football. EWC. Let's talk about it a little bit. My Lincoln ships. So they lose 14 to 12, but boy, was I impressed with this team. Brett Prangy is now the quarterback and rusher. This man is doing it all. He is putting the team on his back, and he threw the ball 15 times in this game, six completions for 101 yards. One of the problems with the ship's team is they rely on the screen and they're afraid to throw the deep ball. Brett Prangy, late in the game, was not afraid to throw the deep ball. He was throwing 20 yards. He's throwing 10 yards. He's doing tremendous things. Six of 15, 101 yards throwing, and then rushing, which is his bread and butter, 28 carries, 172 yards with two touchdowns. Next leading rusher was Gavin Lettenberger, as you would expect, 16 carries, 43 yards. So you're looking at Prangy now an entirely different way for the ships to run their offense. He averaged 6.1 yards per attempt with 28 attempts. Gavin Lettenberger averaged 2.7 yards with 16 attempts. So a huge difference, huge gap in there. Only problem is, I don't want to say their kicker quit, but they don't have a kicker right now, so all they have to do is go for two, and at the end of the day, kind of cost them. They lose 14-12, but week one, way better than I expected for this ship's team. Anything you want to say on praying here, the ships, or should we move on to some EWC? Let's move to my EWC action here. Let's talk right away. Your Valders Vikings, a 40-22 to win over Merrill. I mean, when is the last time the Valdez Vikings scored 40 points? This was a huge win for the Vikings. There are no stats for the game, but wow, what a win for the Vikings. 
they put up or Valor's put up 49 against Roncalli last Roncalli, year. So. Yeah, that's what but, I was gonna say. But yeah, um this Valor's team, I mean uh Robert and I talked about it. We were wrong. We we just have to we were wrong. I mean, granted, this Merrill team is not good by any means. They're a terrible Merrill team. Um they're not they even though they had eight hundred plus kids, they're one of the worst teams in I believe D four, I think they are in, but it doesn't so. matter. Valders play only can play who's on their schedule. They played who's on their schedule in Merrill. They went up there two hour drive in a coach bus too. Yeah, I know. Really? They got a coach bus for a non-con game here, but wow. hey, they, they took it to them. I, I mean, Merrill made some really poor mistakes. I can only listen, but they had some fumbles sounded like they had some blown coverage, some blown running, like running to cover covered running game as well. And just, Trey Schneider at quarterback. I mean, first first start, one and zero. So good for him there, and we'll see. I mean, R.J. Jeffrey, great rounder there. They they got a good running game, of course. That's what Valors is known for. But um, yeah, I was shocked to see them win this game. I'm glad they won this game, of course. And now they play Friday at Howard's Grove. So that game's going to be a lot closer than this one. Howard's Grove might not be the greatest team, but I think they match up pretty darn well to Valors. So. We'll have to wait and see how that game goes, and I might be there, so we'll have to wait and wow. see. That would be fun. Nice 2-0 start for Valders, potentially. We'll preview week two coming up here in a minute, but first, KLC beats Ozaki 34-13. So my bold predictions for the week, by the way. Keep in mind, they're bold. They're meant to be kind of crazy and out there. I predicted Robbie Michael would throw for seven touchdowns, and I predicted that the Roncalli-Lutheran game would be a 6 nothing win for Lutheran because we know their defenses are terrible. So it was going to be a shootout. Was it a shootout? I don't know. We'll get there in a minute. KLC, which is Colder, Sheboygan, Lutheran, Christian, wins 34-13, as I said. Robbie Michael, 10 of 17, 137 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. These are certainly not his numbers like last year at all, but they had some big rushes, which is why. Matt Stefani, 15 carries, 110 yards with two touchdowns. And then Robbie Michael, 12 carries, 94 yards. So once again, Robbie Michael showing he's a dual threat. Big win for KLC right out of the gate. Yeah, man. Of course, you know, KLC, they're, I mean, seven touchdowns could happen. I mean, with Robbie Michael. So you never know there. And they put up 34 points and people are like, oh, that's kind of low for them. That's just, that's, yes. that shows how good they are. They only put up 34 and even they scored like five touchdowns. So that's, yeah. Kind of crazy there, so yeah. That just KLC. shows. Yeah, they're gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, it just shows how good they are when people are not complaining, but they're like surprised that they only put up thirty-four. Manitowoc Lutheran puts up thirty-eight points, a thirty-eight twenty-six win over Roncalli. Exactly what we expected, but I wanted from shootout to shutout to be a thing. Sadly, it was not. The only stats they've got online is for August Hecker. He had seventeen carries for 120 yards with two touchdowns and then four receptions for 66 yards with a touchdown there. Big question at this point in the season, is Ron Colley going to win a game? No, this was their best shot. This was their only shot to win a game. I said it on the podcast with Shimmick. I said they want to win a game. They got Friday and Hey, they put up 26 points, but I mean, it's Lutheran. I mean, this was the game you win and they're in the gauntlet of a conference in the EWC. They're not going to win a game. Um, That's just, that's just how it is. And, yeah, I don't know who they play next week, but that was not a good showing for the Rock Valley Jets. Yeah, I don't know either, but we will get to it in a minute. Two Rivers shuts out Random Lake, 37 nothing, and probably the performance of the week. Chase Mathias, 20 carries, 226 yards with four touchdowns. I mean, wow. 
I, the next yeah. leading rusher, 19 yards. Yeah, we said we said it on the podcast. Go give it a listen. We said this this TR team is going to be a run run heavy team. They're going to run more than pass for the first time in a long time, and that's exactly what they did. Chase with the ice, give them the ball, get out of the way, and it's all they needed to do. Huge shutout win for this team. Brilliant and Hilbert. I predicted Hilbert would beat Brilliant. It was going to be my bold prediction that they were going to win by seven, but they actually end up winning fourteen nothing over Brilliant, which is not good because Brilliant. They did not do well at all. Mason Benke, two for nine throwing with 43 yards and two interceptions, which is a 7.4 passer rating, by the way. And rushing, man, I mean, they had a lot of guys, but Sam Galoff, 13 attempts, 30 yards. I'm a big Sam Ooh. Galoff fan. He only has 30 yards, averaging 2.3 per attempt. Garnett Stabani, seven carries, 20 yards. Maverick Knorr, four carries, eight yards. Bennett Olsen, four carries, 11 yards. And Mitchell Kotarabic, two carries for 24 yards. This was just not a good performance by Brilliant. They couldn't get anyone going. Yeah, we'll have to ask Robert what's going on here because Robert told me this game, maybe it's close to the, the first half. He said Brilliant was going to run away with this game. And that, that was not the case here. This Brilliant offense, I mean, we saw last year too, they only put up six points in their opener against uh, New Holstein, I believe. And they they got to prove to us that they can put some points on the board first. I mean, we know their defense. Their defense is, is great, but this offense is really up to step. They got to step up. Yeah, they really do. That is not a good performance at all in week one. Maybe it's just going to take a little time. And they're rushing a lot of guys. I mean, it's kind of crazy how many people are getting carries on that team. Three more scores. Krivitz beats Chilton 8-6. to six. Nice little low-scoring game there. And these other two, basically the same. Q beats Kiwani 13-7, and then Campbellsport. Beats New Holstein 14 to 12. Any comments on any of those games? Um, we did highlight Keel and Kiwani as our game of the week, and that was a good game. They scored a touchdown at the end to win, so that was that was pretty exciting. We chose right on the game of the week. Uh, we didn't know much about Krivitz Shelton, 8-6, nice and close, but I was shocked that New Holstein team was one of my dark horse teams as well to kind of maybe even finish second second in the conference over Brilliant. They could do it. And I just I was shocked to see the moves to Campbell Sport there. That, that's a good New Holstein team. So We'll have to wait and see until conference starts, but I was awfully surprised about how this first week of non-con games went. And we got another week non-conference games coming up this Friday, August 27th. Fathers, like you said, heads to Howard's Grove. Random Lake will be going to KLC. And what even is this team? Wega Fremont is at Brilliant. That's very random. Keel is at Ripon, which is big. Ooh. Yeah. Chilton at Winnebago Lutheran. North Fond du Lac against New Holstein. That came at New Holstein. Roncalli at Oconto. And then Brown Deer is at TR in week two. Anything standing out? There are two games. There are three games, actually, I like. I like the Q and Rip, and that's going to be a good game. That's going to be good. I'm looking forward to um, – you say Chilton and Winnebago Lutheran? I believe so, yeah. I'm on Lincoln now. I closed it open. Yeah, but. I think that's right, and that's going to be good. And, of course, I think Valor's and New Holst, or not, Valor's and Howard's Grove, I think those two teams, very, very even programs. I think that's going to be a great game. And the last thing that I'll touch on is the ships. They're on the road. They started at home with the two-point loss. Now they head to De Pere in a Week 2 matchup once again on Thursday. So this is another mm. Thursday game for the ships to appear 0-1 to start the year, a 38-14 to loss at Wausau West. So now to appear heads home, and they host the ships in week two. And that's all we got. Guess what? It is time for trivia. It's back. The final thing of trivia here in season two to round off our long episode here. Drew, 
trivia this week. You don't know what it is. I know what it is. It is EWC 2020 football trivia. Let's do it. Crap. Okay. I got to think, though. This is going to be good. There's some true or false. There's some options on here. First question. This is all you. Valders finished with what record? Of course, they finished one and six. There's one and seven. No. Unless Wisports got it wrong. We played. Let me look up. What, we didn't play a non game. Year. That was from 20. Not, we finished one seven the year before. One and six. There's only seven conference games we played. Let me look. Oh, yeah. EWC. That's what I put overall. That's my bad. You were right. I don't know why I did that, but you're right. Correct. Don't worry. We'll fix my mistakes. Nothing to worry about. Next question. True or false? KLC lost to Xavier in the first playoff game. Um, last year, they did they? Um, I actually think they did. True. It is true. It was a 49-20 to 20 loss for Kohler, Sheboygan, Luther, Christian. Next question. Throughout the season, Robbie Michael threw for how many touchdowns? Was it 25, 31, or 34? Um, I think, okay. Let's let's say they are you including playoffs in the stats? This is everything throughout the year. So okay. So he averaged I think 31's about right. He averaged around yeah. Absolutely correct. It is indeed 31. I mean, that was the big question. Did he go over 30? And if he did, was it big or was it just by a little? It was just a little. So our next question. Brilliant. What was their record on the year? You're including both playoff games, right? Because they went undefeated. Correct. So they did go undefeated and win their playoff games. Okay. So then they they went nine and zero. Then they had a loss on the year. Was it a non-conference? Oh, they um. Hold on. Did they, they, they lose to, KLC? They, no, they beat KLC. KLC. They beat KLC because KLC was out with COVID. They had Robbie Michaels out. They spanked them. They went undefeated. Oh, Jordan. yeah. You're right. Let me let me look last. Fix year. your fix your trivia. You know, I did trivia very fast on Friday night, and I wasn't really – I paid attention, but I didn't do a whole lot of it. Let me know. So, their overall record was 7-1. and one. They lost to – they lost to Amherst in that second round of the playoffs, 48-14. to 14. Okay, so 3-1 and one right now. Yeah, we'll take – we'll just Three take the – we'll take the loss on there. It's all right. Next question. I think you'll be able to get this right. True or false? Ron Colley only scored more than 10 points on one occasion. True. It's actually false. They put up 12 against KLC. Oh, they yeah. Up, they put up yeah. 14 against us. They put up 12 against, right? Did they put up 14 yeah. against us? They put 22 against you guys. 20? Oh, yeah. We put yeah. backups at the end. Okay. So three yeah, out of well, five. That, All right. That would have been why. Three out of five is perfectly all right. You know why? Because 30 out of 50. 30 of 50 once again here in season two. My fault with a little, the few errors with the EWC stuff, but don't worry. We got it all fixed out. At the end of the day, Drew is three of five, and that's everything. 30 of 50 in both seasons of trivia. I got to get to work on season three. Anything, yeah, I, I'll ask right here. Any suggestions of any things of trivia you would like to see? Um, Let me think. I'd like to see... I don't even know what I'd like to see surprise me. You know, maybe some MLB stuff at the end of the year now. I mean, we're coming close to that. 
Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'll so, have to look at what I did in past seasons, you know, and then we'll have to go from there because I did all-time MLB statistics and NBA MVP winners. You know, I'm pretty sure we did NFL MVP winners and all-time NBA statistics. So those will be getting flip-flopped. We'll move them around there. You know, there's going to be another grab bag. Maybe we do sports balls once again. I don't know. That was kind of fun. You went two out of five in that. But hey, that's a basically everything for this week. Episode 24 in the books. And we've got episode 25 coming next week. We'll probably start trivia. And you know what? Maybe I'll post on the Instagram and ask if anyone has any suggestions for some trivia. But yeah, that's everything. Follow us on there. Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. Jordan Drew the sports crew on Facebook and YouTube. Follow us. Leave a five-star review. On Apple Podcast, I do have to read a review that we got in real quick on Apple Podcast. I don't know how we actually lose five-star reviews, but that is a thing. Oh, we're back to 27 now. I texted you the other day. We were at 26. I don't know how we lost one, but we're at 27 now. And this review, the best Monday podcast I've ever heard. I definitely recommend. Thank you, Devin327. Not exactly sure who you are. Just kidding. Thank you very much, Devin. And that is basically everything. Fingers crossed we can get some shirts this week. If you ordered a shirt and you're off to college, we'll get it to you. Don't worry. You're just going to have to wait a little bit longer. It'll be like a little Christmas present for you. You forgot you even bought it. But yeah, that's all, Drew. Show yourself out to round off our Kobe Bryant episode. Hey, you know, Instagram, Twitter, you know, Drew Drew Skyberg, D-R-E-W-S-K-Y-B-E-R-G. I am Jordan Law underscore PXP on Twitter. I'll be tweeting a lot more football stuff now coming up as well. And coming up this Saturday, guys, it is big. The 28th of August, I will be making my ESPN Plus debut UWGB Volleyball. Uh, 1.30 and 6.30, I think they have games. They've got two games. They'll be on ESPN Plus. I cannot wait for that. That is going to be huge. And then I believe I've got two football games on the radio coming up. September 17th and 24th, along with men's soccer on ESPN Plus, September 15th as well. And then there's two volleyball games on Sundays in October. We won't even think about those now. But thank you all for listening to episode 24 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.